BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. My leadership speaks to the, the wishes, the desires, the hopes, and, and the demands of working families. And that's going to be the biggest difference in this race. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is back for return engagement, only this time he's running for mayor for sure. Cook County Commissioner and Chicago Teachers Union organizer, Brandon Johnson. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, friend. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. After much consideration and deliberation with your wife and kids, you are jumping headfirst into the very crowded race for mayor of Chicago, joining the crowd, trying to turn Lori Lightfoot into a one-termer. Why doesn't she deserve a second term? Well, you know, friend, you know, first of all, the, um, just again, thank you for the opportunity. You know, look, the, the interests and the demands, the hopes, the desires of working families um, in Chicago have been ignored. And I'm running for mayor of Chicago um, to, to prioritize the demands, the desires, and the hopes of working families. And for too long in this, this city, we've had a very self-centered culture of politics, which has led to corruption and um, inequity and disinvestment um, in communities across the city of Chicago. And the city requires a transformation in this moment. Um, because the moment that we're experiencing right now is of, of tremendous despair, but yet our hopes and our desires are still very much available um, uh, to, to bringing the type of um, opportunities that working people in this city have longed for, uh, for for generations now. Well, when you say she's ignored the desires and the dreams and the needs of working families, how? How has she done that and what would you do different? Well, I mean, look, the first thing is that she 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 has broken every single promise um, that she made. And this is what happens when you are not legitimately connected to the progressive movement. And as a public school teacher um, in the city of Chicago, um, I certainly know uh, what the failures of school privatization and school closures um, have done to communities across the city of Chicago, particularly for black and brown families. And the mayor of Chicago uh, uh, stole um, our, our presentation when she said she supported an elected representative school board. And then when it was time for us to actually see that come into fruition, uh, she backpedaled and she reneged on her promise. Um, likewise, with uh, opening up mental health clinics, um, the, 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 the trauma that families are experiencing in this city um, have been um, overwhelming. And 
to 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 not have a commitment from this mayor after she said she was going to reopen um, health clinics in this city um, is obviously disappointing, but it also speaks to, again, this culture of self-centered politics um, that has not only divided this city, um, but it has left many families um, out to dry. And uh, the difference between uh, me and the mayor is that, one, I don't break promises. Two, it's clear that I am the the, the bona fide progressive candidate that's in this race. And three, um, the ability to organize and collaborate um, in a way that actually gets us to um, the type of economic justice that this, this city needs. Um, as families continue to suffer and struggle uh, to raise their families in the city of Chicago, um, these are clear distinctions between me and the current administration um, that, that will be highlighted. Uh, but, but more importantly, um, my leadership speaks to uh, the, the wishes, the desires, the hopes, uh, and the demands of working families. And that's going to be the biggest difference in this race. But I Another broken record. promise was her promise to raise the real estate transfer tax to create a dedicated source of revenue for combating homelessness and creating affordable housing and, and, and filling that huge gap in the number of affordable units Chicago needs. Do you add that to the list as well? Oh, oh, absolutely. Not to mention um, her her failure to actually have TIF reform um, in this city. And again, the real estate transfer tax um, that would also bring, obviously, some wholeness to, to, to the viability of our public education system as well. So yeah, there's just a list of, of uh, broken promises that she's made. But look, when you're not committed and tethered to justice in a real way, um, it, it's not a surprise to me. Uh, that she broke those promises because she never believed them from the beginning. Look, I've organized and I've worked to actually build a movement to push for these type of demands. I did it as a public school teacher. I've done it as an organizer. I'm certainly doing it as a Cook County commissioner. Her failure to keep promises that she never believed in, um, again, it don't surprise me, but it certainly has left um, you know, our families in tremendous peril. And that's why um, the city of Chicago is poised to elect uh, a bona fide progressive. And I'm going to earn, I'm going to win that vote uh, come this uh, February. You're off and running with a $1 million contribution that you just received over the weekend from the Illinois Federation of Teachers, announced over the weekend by Randy Weingarten, their president at a convention before hundreds of delegates. This after the IFT had already given you 150000 You also have endorsements from your brethren at the Chicago Teachers Union and United Working Families. Congressman Chewy Garcia asked those groups to wait until he makes his decision on whether or not to enter the race, but they refused. Meanwhile, there's a website ready for Chewy, and they're already circulating his petitions. Why not wait? He's a far bigger name than you are. He's the guy who forced Rahm Emanuel into Chicago's first ever mayoral runoff in 2015. Look, Chicago needs a leader. Um, who is prepared to move with urgency, and the urgency of now. Uh, working families cannot wait. Uh, we cannot wait for our schools to be fully funded in resources, particularly our public neighborhood schools. We cannot wait uh, for a transportation system that allows for students in particular and seniors to ride for free. We cannot wait uh, for, 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 for this moment to, to pass us by when it is becoming increasingly harder to live in the city of Chicago. You know, friend, my wife and I, 
uh, my wife Stacy, we've been married uh, 24 years, almost 25 years, like come this this summer, and we're raising our three children on the west side of Chicago in Austin, and it's a dynamic community, but yet it has suffered some of the greatest loss. Um, it's lost in its funding for public schools, the loss of life, um, the loss of jobs, and if we're going to transform this city in a collective, collaborative approach. We have to build a coalition that reflects the values of the city of Chicago. And I've done that. I built the coalition that reflects the values of this city and particularly for working families. And this moment requires urgency. And that's why um, I have lined up a great deal of support and organized people and organized resources uh, to really bring economic justice to families across the city of Chicago. And I'm committed Have you to talked that. to Chewy? You know, I talked to Chewy uh, some time ago, um, and, you know, the, the conversation was like every other conversation, um, that there are a number of community-based organizations, faith leaders, obviously progressive uh, labor leaders, uh, progressive elected officials um, that are prepared to line up um, around my candidacy. And, you know, I'm grateful to, to have the support of many of the Northwest Side IPOs, uh, we have several elected officials um, like uh, Adelia Ramirez, um, who is uh, going into Congress, and she has made history herself. Um, and having that type of support um, as this energized, progressive movement continues to grow, um, this moment is of tremendous importance. And asking people to wait for economic justice and racial justice um, is not the right approach in this moment. So there is no circumstance under which you could see yourselves yield yourself yielding to Chewy if he decides to make this race. My commitment is to the people of Chicago. So and, you're not you know, getting out. This is it. You're in, even if it divides the progressive movement. Look, I, I am running to to unite the city of Chicago and the coalition that is around me speaks to my ability to organize and unite people. This is why labor is lining up behind me, community organizations and leaders and faith leaders uh, and progressive uh, uh, political leaders are, are surrounding themselves around my candidacy. And I, and I, I, am, I am tremendously humbled by that. Um, I, am, I am grateful, you know, to, 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 to having been teaching middle school just a handful of years ago. Um, in, in Cabrini Green, USA, at Jenner Academy, to now be in the position um, to render and to bring economic justice for those families who have lost public housing and public schools, um, those families who have lost jobs, to be in the position to bring a revival to the city of Chicago, uh, I'm very much humbled by that. So what is your message to Chewy? Step aside, get on board the train, what? You know, my message is really to the residents of the city of Chicago. Look, right, but know, what do you say to Chewy if he if he decides to jump in and, and threaten to divide the progressive movement that has other options too in Sophia King or Rod Sawyer? Yeah. Look, the best way to What do you to say to Chewy? This is what we're, we're saying to everyone. The best way to determine who the progressive candidate is in this moment is to look at who the progressives are lining up with. And progressives are lining up with me. 
working families are lining up with me. Look, we live in one of the richest cities in the world. No one should live in a city and, and not have the ability to afford to live in this city. And we think about the abject poverty that exists in this city and the isolation of poor people in this city, where you have neighborhoods that have been described as developing nations because the violence and the poverty per capita reflects nations that are developing. This is what we say to folks. If we really wanna see the type of transformation that working families have been longing for, for now a generation, then let's come together, let's unite around the values that, that I've been fighting for, you know, for the last 20 years. And our and, and Chicago that's, voters that's, that's, prepared to elect an organizer from the Chicago Teachers Union to be mayor of Chicago. Paul Vallis blames your union, for example, and a lot of other people do too, for keeping schools closed for 15 months, causing a devastating loss of learning by Chicago students. Are people of Chicago ready to forgive the teachers union for that? Because some people do blame them. You know, as far as the city of Chicago being prepared to elect an organizer, we elect No, I'm talking about the like teachers fight. union, for the teachers well, union. Well, look, so, so look, an, an organizer is an organizer. So let's just start with that, Frank, okay? Let's just start there, okay? The city of Chicago elected the first black man to become president of the United States of America, and he too was an organizer. Now, as far as my position as an organizer of the Chicago Teachers Union, the city of Chicago was prepared for an elected representative school board that we did that together. The people of Chicago were prepared to push for the end of privatization of our public schools in which Paul Vallis uh, profited from the privatization of public schools, which has led to the decline and the loss of black women in our teaching force. The city of Chicago was prepared to fight for progressive revenue in which the Chicago Teachers Union fought for. Look, it, as far as this pandemic, let's, let's just take this in a couple of ways. As a Cook County Commissioner, I have led the effort to, to restore our, our neighborhoods that have been ignored for generations. And it's why I, I was the first elected official in the city of Chicago to actually hold town halls to address this pandemic. And that, th those, those town halls addressed how we will treat our students during the pandemic, how we would treat our seniors in the pandemic, how we would treat workers in the pandemic. I fought for a right to recovery so that post the pandemic, we can continue to move towards economic justice. And so as far as the schools that, that, that we know was very hard, you know, during the pandemic for families, and my wife and I, we can attest to this, right? We had three children at home and it was hard on, on all of us. What we were trying to do and what I was attempting to do as a Cook County Commissioner and as someone who advocates for public accommodation, we wanted to save lives. That's it. I didn't want anybody to die, any more people to die. The death toll in the black community and the brown community um, was, it was horrific. And, you know, anyone that, that, that believes that our intentions were anything other than saving lives, um, then somehow they miss an entire episode of a 100-year pandemic. Okay. And saving now, lives let's, is, let's is, is talk what, what, we have, what we had to do. Let's talk about violent crime, because that is foremost on the minds of voters. 
at a recent forum for these Northwest Side independent groups, you were asked, everyone was asked, will you commit to not raising the police budget any further and instead invest in data proven crime reduction strategies? And you said, absolutely, yes. Do you think after a bloodbath of a weekend, yet another one, do you really believe that's what Chicago voters want? Here's what Chicago voters want, because I'm a Chicago voter. My wife and I, again, we're raising our children on the west side of Chicago in Austin. And it has been one of the most violent neighborhoods in the country. You know, we've had to change windows in our home from bullets coming through our home in our children's bedroom. And no one thinks more about public safety and violence in this city than, than me, quite frankly. You know, my wife and I, we have to negotiate when our children ride their bikes. You know, we have to plan routes because we know for, for too many families in the city of Chicago, bike rides can end in tragedy. And this is not just something that sits on the news desk. This is something okay, that Okay, so what right is your plan? My door. What is your plan? The, safe, the, the safest communities in America have the best schools, they have jobs, parks, hospitals, libraries. So we have to take a, 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 a two-tier approach, right? We have to have short-term and long-term solutions. And, and, and in part of the, the, the long-term solution is making sure that we're getting at the root causes of the type of outbreak of trauma that we're experiencing in the city of Chicago. And if we're not making investments um, into neighborhoods that have experienced not just poverty, but violence, like communities like the one that my wife and I are raising our kids in, if we're not making those critical investments, then we're not really committed. We're not really committed to having- Lori Lightfoot says she's doing that with her Invest Southwest plan, with her plan to target these 15 most violent neighborhoods for a whole of government, uh, full court press type approach. What is she not doing that you do? Well, what, what she's not doing is actually closing on those deals because she can close a deal, just like she couldn't close a deal on the firefighters union contract, the teachers union contract. Um, and now what we're seeing in the invest in, uh, in Southwest, it's, it's been a very, um, uh, it has left a lot to be desired. And part of it is just because the, the incompetence of her administration just can't get out of the way uh, of itself. And the difference between me and this current administration is that I fought for critical investments to go into our communities. We have the largest amount of money ever appropriated for violence prevention in the history of Cook County. And I fought for that through two pieces of legislation, the Justice for Black Lives legislation and the Budget for Black Lives where we said, look, we have to direct our resources and services into the, 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 the root causes of, 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 of trauma and violence. In the short term, here's what I'm going to do as in Chicago. I'm gonna have one of the most robust youth hiring programs that's gonna be year round. We have to give hope to young people. We actually have to give young people an opportunity to connect with the very city that they live in. And for too long, our young folks have been avoided they've been neglected and i know what that's like because i taught our young people some of whom are now parents um, and so the type of disinvestments that we have seen in this city has caused generational harm and um the, the mayor's approach to this um she has been timid 
um, and he has been um, unwilling to dig deeper and to go broader. So again, all right. So that's one part of your anti-violence plan, short term, high a big youth hiring plan. What else? Well, again, we have to make sure that we're investing in what works in American cities across this country. We actually have to have a fully funded public school system that is fully resourced, right? We also have to make sure that we're creating public housing, not just affordable housing, but public housing in this city where families can actually afford to live in this city. I'm going to commit myself to making sure that mental health services are actually available to people and for everyone. Whether you are a, 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 an everyday resident of the city of Chicago who's experienced trauma or someone who is on the front line experiencing trauma. We actually have okay, to have Okay, I don't those hear you saying anything about policing and crime fighting though. Would you get rid of David oh, Brown? Okay. What would you do with the police department? Would you add so, police? So, so Frank, How would what, you stem the exodus of, of police officers that had us, has us down some almost 1,800 officers since Lightfoot took office? What I, I think the larger question is, why do we believe that investing in families is not a crime fighting solution? See, I'm that, not that's saying it isn't, but, but you have to well, solve well, some well, crimes well, first. Well, see, so here's how we solve crimes, right? By making sure that we actually have a budget that reflects values that working families want, of values that actually lend themselves to creating jobs, fully funded neighborhood schools, when we have a budget that reflects that, that actually gets at the root causes of crime. Now, to your point, resources that give, that provide law enforcement the ability to actually solve homicides, that is critical. And so this is the difference between, you know, me and, and other candidates, right? And specifically the one that is currently occupying the fifth floor. You know, I'm going to make sure that that our frontline departments, and, and particularly our law enforcement, that we have resources that increase the homicide clearance rate because families deserve justice. Look, the loss of life in this city is 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 gruesome, but when when we're not solving crimes because law enforcement is being forced to to deal with domestic issues that quite frankly should be um that should be led by social workers and mental health providers this is what's causing the risk in our in our in our in our in our justice system and so that's why i'm going to be pushing for treatment over trauma so that many of the domestic challenges that families are experiencing right now that we actually have mental health professionals that can intervene in those situations, much like would have been necessary in the case of Betty Jones and Quantonio LeBreer. Those lives did not have to be lost. That officer was not in a position to actually address the crisis that was happening. And so I'm gonna push for treatment over trauma and that will give law enforcement the flexibility and the freedom, quite frankly, to solve the crimes that have gone unsolved for a long time. And, and what, and I'm, what I'm, progressive revenues do you favor that she has steered clear of, Lori Lightfoot? What progressive well, I mean, we, revenues we to, would you turn to? 
Yeah, so we talked about this earlier. So obviously, you know, she is, you know, not committed to, to really solving the, the housing uh, crisis and homelessness in the city. And so, you know, I'm definitely supportive and will push for, you know, the, the, the real estate uh, transfer tax, which is a sale on multi-million dollar homes. Um, again, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we are looking at um, all forms of progressive revenue. I actually believe the the, the, the corporate head tax, um, which, you know, many corporations in this city um, were not opposed to. They just, they didn't like doing all the paperwork. But I certainly understand that, you know, as a public school teacher, I love teaching. I didn't like doing lesson plans, right? And so we have to have tip reform. Um, that, that actually so you would sure reinstate that, that the head tax. Here. You would reinstate that head head tax. I, I would work with I would work with the city council and business leaders to figure out how to make sure that those um, who have means, um, you know, are, are are putting some skin in the game. Anything else on business? It, it, what other business taxes well, would you favor? Well, I think you know you, you can't tax what's not here, right? So I mean, we have to make sure that one. We're doing everything in our, our administration um, to give businesses um, a, a range of support so that businesses in Chicago um, can continue to thrive. Like, look, this is the city of Chicago. It's one of the largest economies in the world. So why wouldn't you want to do business here? And so the focus really has to be on, again, making sure that we are reforming our, 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 our TIF program so that surplus in particular is available for our parks as well as our our, our public schools. And again, you know, these this real estate transfer tax, again, we should be looking at um, because there are multi-million dollar homes that, 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 that you know, have the ability to actually generate the type of revenue uh, that quite frankly could actually solve many of the root causes of violence that we are experiencing in the city of Chicago. The bottom line is, Brian, it's going to take all of us, you know, um, working people, um, you know, folks that have means, corporations, the city of Chicago really requires, um, it really requires a collaborative approach um, towards, towards transforming this city. When asked at that forum to talk about Chicago's shrinking black population, you hearken back to the days of former Mayor Richard J. Daley's infamous shoot to kill order during the King riots. You, uh, you said, uh, and you also linked that to Lightfoot's decision to raise the bridges downtown during the civil unrest that followed the murder of George Floyd. You said, let's just name it, y'all. It's the Negro Removal Act. Can we just be honest? They don't want black people here. Do you really think so? Do you the really loss think of that? The, black, the loss of black population in Chicago is real. Right, but do you Sales think it's a policy. plot? When you destroy public housing and destroy public schools and eliminate opportunities for people to work, and then you see the result of that, it's not a matter of what I'm thinking. It's a matter of what's happening. And what I've said repeatedly, that there have been administrations that have made it very hard and difficult for Black families to live in Chicago. And it's unhealthy and it's mean. And what I'm, what I'm, you know, most disappointed in is that when you think about the base of the the Democratic Party, black women, black men, the loss of black educators, the 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 attack on black men um, by 
politicians in this city have been cruel. And, and you add Lori Lightfoot as, to that list, a black woman. Look, I, I am what we should be building bridges, not raising them. We should be building bridges and not raising them. Ridiculing black people for the hardship that we've experienced in this city is it's difficult to hear, especially when it's coming from another black person. How has she Look, done it's, that? It's, Ridiculed it's blacks? Easy, How? Because, listen, it's easy to pick on black people. It's easy to set up curfews for black children versus finding jobs for black children. It's easy to come up to black children in a playground and shoo them away without having a conversation and asking them how they are experiencing this pandemic. Fran, I've, I've served as a public school teacher in Chicago. I understand and know what our young people are experiencing because I experienced them growing up. I know what it's like to come home and you turn on the faucet and the water is off. There's not a black family that has not experienced a, a long orange extension cord from one window to the other, other window because neighbors are sharing electricity because we can't make the ends meet. I know what it's like, especially when my father lost his job. And my mother, who had a rare heart disease, died because my father did not have health insurance. I know what it's like to stand in the line at the Francis Clinic, at the county hospital, at five, six o'clock in the morning, hoping to see a doctor by eight. You gotta come back at night to get the prescription. And in those lines at the Fannis Clinic, I saw working people, black, brown, Asian, immigrants, just fighting to just get to the next day. And so, so yes, it might be hard for people to hear, but it's a lot harder for the black families that have experienced injustice in this city. Black Caucus Chair Jason Irvin has been warning that with so many black candidates in the race, the African-American community risks losing it all and coming away with nothing. What about that argument? I, I can tell you about, about loss, you know, in this city. Um, you know, as I said, the, the, the Negro Removal Act is a matter of policy what I am committed to doing, much like what I've done my entire career, and that's building consensus across the city of a coalition of black, brown, white, Asians, immigrants, um, gay, straight, from every section of this city. Um, I'm gonna go into every section of the city and we're gonna take the message of the people to the fifth floor that the best way to ensure that black people actually win in the city of chicago is by not only just speaking to the issues that affect black people but speaking to the issues that affect every single family in the city so you're not and concerned about a divided black community with so many black candidates in the race what i'm more concerned about is is a failed administration that has done nothing um, to to protect the interests of working families and has done nothing to really get at the root causes of of what has forced and pushed black people out of the city has done very little uh, quite frankly 
um, to, to say, done little, has done nothing to unite this city. I mean, think about it, friend. I mean, in the midst of a pandemic, um, her administration okayed um, an entire explosion in the Hispanic community, which we're going to see consequences of that long term. An administration that was willing to set up a toxic waste dump on the southeast side of Chicago where black folks and brown folks reside. That, 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 that is the concern. The fact that the federal government is, is, is suing the city of Chicago because of its environmental injustice um, um, acts. acts. That, that's what we're concerned about. The fact that it is becoming harder and harder for, for families to live and to exist and thrive in the city of Chicago. The fact that we're not solving crime. The fact that unemployment has reached Great Depression era numbers um, throughout the city of Chicago, but particularly in the black community. That's what we before, should be concerned about. Before we let you go, Brandon, let's do a real quick lightning round. CTA service, would you keep Dorville Carter? What would you do to make the system more safe and bolster ridership and improve service that's so unreliable? Well, yeah, I believe, first of all, you know, children shouldn't have to pay to go to school, right? And that, so, one, making sure that we have free transportation so that students can get around um, from point A to point B. Um, the second thing is we actually have to have ambassadors, um, an ambassador's program that pro 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 provides more um, professionals um, who are available for the rides, whether it's bus, um, bus routes or train routes. Um, I think we can do that to create opportunities for families who are are, who have um, you know disability, so that there's actually some some continuity of how we move the system. You know, as far as um, jobs are concerned, that everyone is going to have to come and sit in my office and and provide a vision and a plan that speaks to to economic and racial justice. And if that plan does not meet the demands and the desires and the wishes of working people, um, then we're we're going to be looking for uh, the, an A list set of workers that are prepared. Um, to, to actually deliver justice for people in the city of Chicago. So we're looking the, for competent people. The, the automatic escalator tying property taxes to the rate of inflation. Would you keep it? Yeah, we have to we have to make sure that we I, I have to have a, a, a deeper analysis of, of how that particular tax works. Uh, but 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 nothing is off the table, I'll say it like that. Nothing. And um the casino in River West and the temporary casino in Medina Temple. You know, that ruling obviously is, you know, um, you know, stands like as of stop? today. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point we have to figure out how to make sure that it works for everyone. And, um, you know, again, I'm going to go through every single dynamic, uh, um, you know, I'm going to go through every single thing that this administration has approved and 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 make sure that it is working for working people. So everything. So you you wouldn't everything. undo it. You just make it work for working people is what you're saying. So what I'm saying is I have to make sure that it is working for working people. And if it's not working for working people, we have to figure out how to make it work for working people. And the Soldier Field Dome, the the Hail Mary plan to try to keep the Bears with a two million two billion dollar lid over Soldier Field. I don't want to lose the bears <laughs> to, 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 to the suburbs. And so, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have a few relationships that I believe they can um, put me in a position to, to negotiate with, uh, with the ownership. 
And I don't think that there's anyone in the city that wants to see the Bears uh, leave Chicago. Um, Would you spend no $2 billion to do it? Right Would you spend $2 billion to do it? I think we have to be collaborative. Um, and, you know, whatever decision is made by, 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 by the ownership, you know, there are certain things that, you know, um, there are certain things that I believe that we can actually sit down and come to an agreement around. I believe that. And I think what we don't want is to be combative, right? We want to be collaborative. And that's going to be my approach for it for every, everything. Um, um, everything in the city. But particularly with this one, though, I think that there's a way in which we can actually come to an understanding. I'm going to be hopeful. Okay. Brandon Johnson, best of luck to you, sir, as you uh, get that campaign going. And it's going to be a very interesting couple of months in Chicago, that's for sure, as the main event comes. And we will see you all next week.